0: Hello and welcome to The Dancer's Circle. My name is Natalie Tace, and this is your 10 Second Call. Your soul is vibrating high, you know it's time to go into the zone. Hello and welcome to the Dancer Circle. Today I'm having a conversation with a good friend of mine Rebecca Crook and before we jump into it I just have to share with our listeners what our previous conversation included, um, this will give you a really good indication of how this chat's going to go. We're going to have a lot of fun with Beck. We are going to get real and raw because that's who she is, despite the fact she is hesitant a little bit today. She's, she's shown a little bit of fear and hesitation, but I know as soon as she gets talking, she will open up and she will stand in her vulnerability well and she will bring us truth and her honesty. But before <laughs> i have to share so we're we're connecting we're chatting and and we've got our videos open we've now since turned the video off because um i like for us to really use our our hearing senses uh and not look at each other and take our, our visual cues i really like the listening part of us to be activated so that works best when when we turn the video off but Beck's, Beck's conversation went a little bit like this. First of all, we both had to change the space that we were in about seven or eight times. So it was a series of following each other from one room to the next because I'm here in Italy speaking and recording, and my dear friend Beck is over in England uh, recording. and yeah, first of all, I had a, a disco going on next door that started and stopped and started and stopped some fabulous Italian R&B with a really great heavy bass. And then Rebecca had to navigate between some really noisy, crazy, wild kids next door to her house and also then a cat that really wanted to be involved in the conversation as well. So that was the first the first part. And then the second part was Rebecca commenting on how um, nice my microphone was wasn't it Back, you, you thought it was quite a um, I think quote unquote it looks like a penis.
1: But <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> well yes we, we, we got to that in the end. I think we the word was a... phallic.
0: <laughs> the phallic. We did start quite poetically and yeah cor- <laughs> and correct with the phallic but then we threw that out the window and we got <laughs> we allowed our true selves to shine through and it was basically yes it is quite Quite nice, and I did give her a very nice a, shiny microphone. It was a shiny, <laughs> smooth microphone, and it ended up with it looks like a penis. So, on that note, uh, we're going to dive in. Beck has uh, had an epic career. She's uh, had almost twenty years of working consistently on uh, some of the best cruise lines in the world, and also some really fabulous resorts throughout Europe. So, um, yeah, Rebecca, we've got lots of gold to get through with you. Almost 20 years of working as a professional dancer, just that in itself is something to congratulate. And so I'm going to do that for you now. Well done. 20, nearly 20 years of a dance career of, of being a paid professional working dancer. Is Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> of course. No, well, it's something that a lot of young dancers aim for and dream about. It's it's also something that a lot of dancers aren't able to do because maybe injury comes along and wipes them off their feet literally Uh, or, or, you know, the pressures of dance life, uh, sometimes they succumb to those pressures and that's okay too. Uh, Sometimes, you know, things happen and things get in the way that are sometimes out of our control or sometimes we just fall out of love with dance and veer somewhere else or or whatever it is. So 20 years in the industry uh, is brilliant, well done.
1: (laughs) <laughs>
0: we're gonna we're gonna go into straight into talking about where you're at now though and then I'm gonna backtrack if that's okay so you yeah. are in the UK
1: you basically where were you at when everything shut down I was actually uh, back in the UK at that point mm-hmm. um in between contracts so um, I actually finished my last contract in November which is a long time ago now um, and I was traveling a bit in between um, and due to go back on uh, or go to rehearsals in um, March on the 20th of March and of course then everything hit and uh, the the contract was cancelled but actually it kind of was in the end, quite a good thing for me because I was struggling with some pain in my shoulder, which I hadn't really realized or accepted how bad it was and that it was it was restricting me. So I, I physically wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. But you would
0: have, so, you would have gone, wouldn't you?
1: I, honestly, I think I, I got to this point in my life where I finally had to listen to my body mm. um, because every other injury that I've had along the way, I could always work around somehow and I always did um however this one was really you know really bothering me you know I couldn't move my arm above 90 and yeah
0: and how have you other injuries that you've had throughout your career because if you if you're looking at a career that's that long how have you worked through your other injuries have you done it in a smart Self caring way, or have you applied the philosophy that I ascribed had always ascribed to? I don't anymore because I've learned my lessons. But that philosophy of you know what, <laughs> strap it up, get an <laughs> injection from some random ship doctor with uh-huh. godness, you know, good god knows what's actually in it and power on anyway. Yeah. What was your approach throughout the years? And has it always been the same, or at one point did you learn that that was possibly not the best way to go? Let's come on, put the cards on the table.
1: Um, the cards are on the Mm -hmm. table and I have only just learned after 17 years of abusing myself (laughs) and that that's not the way to go so yeah I basically did the same as you it was a case of dry eyes, get on with it build a bridge get over it all that malarkey whether it was physical mental emotional or whatever you know nothing was ever really dealt with so you whacked on the or Fenac gel or whatever you pop some pills and you danced and it, it but the thing is it was frustrating because you couldn't do it to to the best of your ability. Mm. So that was always always horrible or you would just push it and try and do it to the best of your ability and end up probably doing more damage long term because so, I mean my injury is, is chronic. it's something that's built up over the years and you know I just I, I guess I never realized that it would finally, completely dehabilitate me so yeah
0: no I think you brought up a really well you brought up a few good points there but definitely the word is chronic and I think Mm. many many dancers don't realize while they're pushing their way through that pain and they're strapping things up and they're not going to a physio they're not giving themselves rest and recovery time Mm -hmm. um, they are just whacking on strapping and taking you know a shot or pills or cream or whatever that the damage is still being done despite the fact you might be getting through shows, you might be getting through contracts, you might get home and then you might just think I don't even have time to or money or whatever to embark Uh on that, you know, going to the doctors or doing the rehab that you might need to do. You're still doing damage and, yes, sometimes that damage may not be something that, Uh, results in an immediate massive injury like a a knee dislocation although that happened to me several times or you break a leg or your hip pops out or you you know you completely strain something to the point where you can no longer dance it's those chronic injuries that plague your career like you said it hurts it physically hurts absolutely but it and it limits your optimum dance potential it limits what you can bring to the stage it limits what you're what you're able to present as your best dancing self physically which is frustrating absolutely and it's painful I mean let's the, the level of yeah. pain you actually adapt to that and that level of pain becomes a normal but it shouldn't be and then the worst mm-hmm. part of all is with all chronic injuries there is a day where your body will ask for it's compensation, right? It, it will, it, yep. there's a bill to be paid and it presents itself and and then you find that that chronic injury is something that takes years to then rehabilitate if ever. Uh, speaking yeah. from experience, just this last week, my left knee popped yeah. out again. It dislocated it, or a subluxion actually which meant that it came out and thankfully came back in again with the help of my hand and that didn't happen oh. I know I know it I've actually got it sat up on it on a chair right now with ice on it that oh, did God. not happen because I was gronjetting or pirouetting or jump splitting in my kitchen. That happens because yeah. my four-year-old son jumped from one side of me to the other and took my kneecap with him. And precisely oh. because I have chronic injuries in both my knees from years and yeah. years and years of abuse, which is the other word you call it, and that's exactly what it is, I now have these mm-hmm. jelly knees, as I like to call them, that can, can pop out just like that and and that's my, you know, I have night, nights where my knees ache and, I, and they're painful and I've been to physios. I now have the luxury where I'm no longer dancing full-time so I do go to physios and I do go to doctors and I do what I need to do uh, but unfortunately the response from the physio is this is a chronic injury. It isn't, you know, it isn't going to go away. You can maintain it. You can manage it. You can, you know, obviously the, my pain level now is completely manageable. However, this is a chronic injury that is, is there for life now. So yes, I agree with you. We go through, <laughs> we go through whole careers where we are physically putting our bodies through stress that is questionable. We don't need to do that. Sometimes we need a timeout and we need to rest. We need to recover. Uh, yeah. And also you brought up a really good point. We're going to go there. I do want to acknowledge before we do that, that on cruise ships, the lack of access to physios is something I think needs to be looked at. Do you agree?
1: Um, I do yes however I must say the most recent company I was working for um, depending on the doctor that you had because some of them were a lot more understanding than others and um, they would prescribe you um, therapies in the spa so you could go to a physiotherapist and get some treatment so that was really a bonus oh wow I can
0: I ask what company that was
1: I'll do it. And that was a German company called Aida. So it's basically the um, German branch of Costa. Brilliant.
0: Well done, Aida. <laughs> shout yeah. out to
1: them. Um, we also had it in rehearsals as well. I mean, we had to pay, but it was subsidized, okay. so it wasn't. It, it was like fifteen euros for an mm-hmm. and a half an hour session. Um, but yeah, I think that's. Was really I think that's have.
0: really good to have, and I, I, you know, I think that's super important to have. I think one of the mm. main things that happens with cruise ship dancers. Uh, there isn't that access sometimes, or a lot of the time, and or it, there isn't that access to a a a good physiotherapist that can work with. Hang on, just give me one minute. All right, back. Oh, I'm gonna now I okay, yeah, I'm gonna go back into the room because Salvatore just walked in, but see the oh. microphone picks up everything. It picked up the
1: shopping, his thongs. So we're gonna oh. move this. Oh. I can I love it how you guys say thongs because I'm just imagining him <laughs> in a thong now. <laughs> <laughs> several of them, several thongs. Hang on. budgie
0: smugglers. <laughs> I'll move into the back room. This can all be edited out. Or not. Maybe I'll
1: leave it in. I
0: will I'm actually, oh, God, you should see this scene. I'm limping into the back room. It's terrible. Oh,
1: bless you. Terrible. Okay. You're terrible, here. Muriel. You're terrible, Muriel.
0: Bloody <laughs> terrible. I love the fact we've started this with a penis talk. Anyway. Um,
1: to be honest, that's me all over. I know, yeah. and
0: I had to do it. I was like, that's <laughs> get to with our conversation so i have to i have to put it out there all right. reset myself back up so pretty pick up absolutely everything which is a good thing but
1: <laughs> it is a my puna it just phone. reminded me right. oh, i should have said it before it reminded me of them, um, proud mary so i was <laughs> yes yes I it, being in the, the wings small, how like a deep, deep is, is your throat, throat? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that has to come in later i'm going to bring i'm going to bring that in later okay um yeah. i don't know where we were talking i think we're talking about physios so i'm just gonna restart. okay Okay, so Beck, we um we had a bit of a we had a bit of a distraction there and we had to uh edit out the last five minutes of conversation because I had to relocate to another room. Oh. The dramas of doing podcasting from your home and connecting connecting to someone on the other side of um the world almost. So <laughs> and our conversation went straight back to the microphone, which we <laughs> yeah. which we'll leave, we'll leave, we'll we'll get to that later. But we were talking about, obviously, access to important health services for dancers on cruise ships. And and I'm so, so glad to hear that some companies are stepping up and and providing that for people, uh, for dancers, because I think that's, you know, I never had access to that over my my years and my career and I quite sure that many dancers didn't and many dancers still do not and that just that adds to the lack of self-care that a dancer can give themselves so even when a dancer wants to self-care and wants to really take care of themselves physically they often don't have that access so and time out I mean I spoke about this with uh, a girl a dancer on my last podcast and that stigma between time out the last thing we dancers ever want to do is take time out the last thing it's like it's no. like putting a cross on your career you just don't want to do it do you the thought of sitting out and rehabbing instead of getting out there and taking class and auditioning or working taking contracts it just instills you with so much fear and this fear of missing out this fear of falling behind also this fear of being seen as that weak wussy
1: dancer that doesn't just yeah, exactly and it's you're the same strap, when you strap on things on and on you go that so happens and then you feel like you're, you're, you're stuck in your cabin and you're being told you can't work or do anything. I mean, luckily that hasn't happened to me so much, but, um, because I have just strapped it up and gone with it, (laughs) but, um, you you know, you you feel like you're letting everyone else down and you think Mm. people are going to believe that you're actually really suffering and you should be, you know, showing up for your team. And yeah, it's, well, absolutely,
0: because let's look at the reality of what that actually entails. First of all, you have to call your production manager and you have to call the, you know, the cruise director whoever, the the, the normal means of who you have to report to. Mm-hmm. And you have to get your doctor, you have to visit the doctor and get a certificate and all those things. So first of all, you have to go through that route of formality, of signing yourself off from a show. Yeah. And all that already seems overwhelming because it's a lot of palaver to use a word I picked up from you English girls it's a, <laughs> massive, a massive. my my Australian friends laugh at me every time I say it it's like
1: oh, I'm such a palaver uh, oh, but it is
0: I didn't know you palaver. guys didn't say that <laughs> no we don't say palaver I, I don't but know sounds anyone sounds like
1: it but... could be Australian you know palaver
0: <laughs> well that's because I say... <laughs> that's because I say it that way with a massive Australian accent palaver I think my mum's adopted it so there might be two of us and... in Australia now that say it but um Oh. Yeah, like I have I have kind of spread it to a few people back yeah. there, but it's definitely definitely an English word. I just love it. I just love it. I think most things in my life have kind of resembled a palaver. So it totally oh, applies. Here,
1: sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're all about the palavers. <laughs> but apart from it being an absolute palaver, yeah. uh, then you do, you know, let's talk about as well the fact that what that means for the rest of the car. So that means, you know, you get the memo. Okay, Rebecca's off the show tonight. Nat's mm-hmm. off the show tonight. So instead of being at the beach all day, you have to come in at yep. two pm for reblocking of the show. So then immediately the cast, they love you, but they hate you yep. because they have to cut your day short to come in and reblock a whole entire show. So we're talking about between forty five minutes to an hour of choreography, which dancers know what that means. Mm-hmm. Of reblocking resetting you know if you've got a part of', de if you've got a solo if you've got something important going on, which of course Rebecca, you always did because you're such an amazing dancer, oh I uh, thank you. <laughs> You, you are, and, and you, you're stunning. So I'm going to call that out for you because I know that's the other thing dancers don't usually do despite stereotypical assumptions about dancers. We're actually not very confident and very rarely shout out our achievements. So I'm going to be here and shout that out for you. But when you've got those solos and those things as well, it's even more of a reblock and even more of a... Um, Palava for your cast and your yep. dance captain and your production manager. So you have all these things to take on when you're going there to sign yourself off for the night because your leg feels like it's going to fall off. Yep. So what do you do? Don't want to go through that palava. Don't want the team to be upset with me. It's so much work for them to reblock everything. Yeah. And then
1: they have a show of having to be constantly thinking about everything rather yes. than just being a bit more on autopilot and just focusing exactly. on performance and everything, yeah. Exactly.
0: Not to mention the fact that then that goes in the show notes, then the reports that go back to Ugh. the company you're working for. Yeah. And the last thing you want is a black mark next to your name because you had one show off in a contract. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's so multi, multi-level as well. It's not just I don't feel well. Uh, you know, or I've got this leg that's going to fall off. So I'm just going to rest for the night. And let's be honest, most injuries or most chronic pains and injuries, one night off, really isn't going to do anything anyway. So most of us do, you really need a week off or two weeks off or yep. three weeks off and some serious hardcore physio. So what do most of us do? doesn't matter. I'll just strap it up. I'll just drop by the, the doctors, the doctor I'm quoting here, doctor's office, the and vets. get myself in get <laughs> yeah, the, get the veterinarians is boring, a joke. And uh, get a an injection of you know a muscle anti spasm muscle oh, yeah uh, can you know can I can't that's the other thing we don't speak English anymore do we English has kind of become <laughs> our second language <laughs> I, can't, I can't even think of the word but anyway some crazy potion of um, an anti spasm
1: cortisone
0: cortisone that's the one. exactly a uh, massive. Um, you know, a pain medication. So lots of goodness getting injected straight into your butt because that's what they do. They inject it straight into your butt and off you go with a half a dead leg and half a leg that wants to fall off and you get through your shows. So it's just crazy. It's not always, I do sit here with the dancer circle space and I do preach self-care and I shout out to Mm. dancers, please take care of your bodies because I do come from a place and a knowledge of knowing what the opposite of that does, and I am paying the consequences now. Yeah, but I am, you know, I say that with absolute awareness of the difficulties and the structures around that particular decision. It's not that simple, so I I do understand it's kind of like a, a massive shift in uh, the way that we approach dancers' injuries or unwellness needs to to happen on all the levels and in all the areas of employment and work. Yeah, so. I do want to now go into something else that you mentioned, and that is the mental side and the emotional side and the spiritual side of a dancer's wellness, which is obviously a big, big thing in the dancer circle and what we concentrate on and why we've opened up this space. When we first started talking before we recorded and you were anxious a little bit and, and a bit worried about, you know, I said to you, I encouraged you to stand in your vulnerability and just yeah. tell your truth. And you, you made a face and it was, <laughs> it was a face of, Oh God, I don't know if I can. Yeah. And, and we said two things. One thing I said to you was <clears throat> that, this space, the intention behind this space is to have the conversations, is to tell our stories because there is such power in our stories. There is such power in sharing our truths and our honesty, especially when it comes to those mental, emotional, spiritual aspects of what it, what we are, first as human beings, but then also as dancers. And the power is this the power is not that any of us have anything remarkable to say, but quite the opposite that we have the most ordinary, common, shared things to say. And when you hear, when you're in pain or you're in suffering or you're going through some challenges, which is life, I don't know anyone who's living on this earth that doesn't have pain and some level of suffering Mm -hmm. and and challenges, Uh, they don't exist. You hear somebody else's honesty and truth around that and in their vulnerability. And if you hear something in there that resonates with you or that you relate to, that you nod your head to, that triggers something in you, no matter what pain it is that you're going through, just the mere fact that somebody else, another human being and another consciousness is talking about those things and sharing their truth makes you immediately not feel alone. And that feeling of not being alone on something and not being the only one immediately liberates you and it, it I think it halves your pain if not more so For so sure. you can't see exactly.
1: me but I'm nodding to everything that you're saying
0: <laughs> I'm sure you are I'm sure you are but and, and your response to me was what tell me what you said when you said when you when you read things that I've posted or that I've shared about my truth and my vulnerabilities what's your reaction
1: oh yeah exactly that, that I'm I've always so, first of all, interested to see what what you're going to write because I know it's going to be something so amazing and so so simple and honest but relatable, but so impactful at the same time because it's just like yes, 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 oh my God, yes, like you can just i mean if you've experienced whatever it is you happen to be talking about and it may not be the exact same thing but something similar or in that kind of way, then. Um, most people have, and and especially if it's from a dancer's point of view, if that's what you're kind of referring to, then yeah, it's totally relatable and it's it's so helpful. And you're like, like you said, you know, I'm I'm not alone, and you know, I'm not the only one experiencing this. You know, there's so mm. many people out there going through similar things. So, and I
0: think what pain can do when it. we're suffering, when our when when we are suffering, we're in a suffering state, and pain can make us feel, it can kind of buffer us from the rest of the world. It can it can detach us from other people and from a wider perspective. So what, what pain can tell us and the space that we go there with our head is that we, in that disconnection, is that we are very much alone and it's that feeling alone that amplifies our pain. So yeah, definitely yeah. Um, telling our stories is important, hence why you then after that, they said, yes, okay, I'm here to stand in this space and I'm here to share some truth. So yeah. I want to ask you, and I'm going to leave the question very, very open so you can take us wherever you want to take us, but over these almost 20 years of dance career, of being, work, you know, of working cruise ships all over the world of working with so many different other souls throughout all those contracts through the resorts that you've worked at through the London dance scene through the audition process through all the jobs you've had and all the challenges you've had do you want to take us to some of the things that came up for you that you had to work hard through so some of those mental challenges, emotional challenges. Where have you found your heart? Your heart, where has your heart been? <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, yeah, <Crooks>. pants. <laughs> you wish you could see my microphone right now, don't I you? Do. <laughs> I only like
1: you could turn
0: it. that, only you could turn that deep question into something like now that. Now you deep. <laughs> and I love you for it I love you for it now you're taking me back to our contract together we right. Rebecca and I had a contract together back in 2004 believe it or not yeah and we definitely we haven't have, seen
1: each other since no I think we we actually we, we oh, saw each other once at, it was the wedding wasn't it it was yeah we saw each other at Angela's Scotland. wedding but mm. we uh
0: we we definitely look those memories are like they happened yesterday and yeah and obviously our our connection is strong and thanks to the power of social media we've re-found each other again and we've just been never
1: we've never been able to be in on land at the same time, I no, think. And, we yeah, have been, been planning a, a anyway.
0: catch-up for the last, oh, I would say, two years and it's yeah. just never happened. But it, it might. Back to my question, my because digressing. you're avoiding, you're digressing <laughs> and you're getting all excited about my microphone. So tell me, go on, take a deep breath and if you'd rather me ask something a bit more direct, I can. But, okay, let's talk about, um, let's talk about cruise ships working there mm-hmm. Now, when you're working on a cruise ship, your your life is there as well, right? So it's not just the show. Maybe when you're on land, you do your show, you go home. When you go home, you've got your family, you've got your friends, you've got your world that is outside of work and you have all those anchors that remind you of who you are. When you're on a cruise ship, it's like you enter that particular bubble and that particular dimension. And so the outside world or where you've come from seems all of a sudden very very far away in every sense. Is that is yeah. that's true, right? So when you're on board, your life is there, your work is there and it's intense. Like how intense is it working on a
1: cruise ship? It's very intense. I mean, you're you're basically trapped in this small um vessel with all the same people and you you can't escape but I mean it also has its perks like (laughs) I've made that sound really dramatic and 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 awful but um yeah no you you don't have your own space as such of course um some people are lucky enough to have their own cabins but generally as a dancer you you would share a cabin with these companies that I've worked for anyway um but yeah it's tough I mean for me I don't I don't want to like like I could talk for hours about um, a lot of things and I don't want to go waffling on, but just to sort of briefly try and summarize my, you know, you were saying before about um, dancers, despite what people think of us, Mm. not necessarily having the confidence in themselves. Like I can be on stage and I can perform and look like the most confident person in the world, assuming I know what I'm doing otherwise that would scare me um (laughs) 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 but in reality I've never really had so much confidence in myself and my insecurity kind of started from a very young age you know and unfortunately I didn't have the the best upbringing childhood whatever we had a lot of things going on Um, family-wise with um, things. So I I wasn't really exposed to a lot of love and support. Um, And I think I just spent my whole life wanting to get away from that growing up anyway. You know, I couldn't wait to go to London and go to college. And um, I never even considered cruise ships, actually, for work. You know, I was like, I'm going to be in musical theatre productions in the West End. I'm going to live in London. That was my plan, you know. That's what I always wanted. But unfortunately, I always struggled to put myself forward because I didn't have that confidence in myself. You know, I didn't feel good enough ever. And I think when you've spent your whole life as well in front of a mirror, in next to no clothes, especially going through your teenage years and everything, being told you need to do better, you need to do better, you know, and it's hard. It takes a toll on you, as I'm sure you and every other dancer will know. Um, But yeah, so for me to then get a job straight away from college you know they auditioned us at college in our third year and I out of I don't know how many people one of the few that got two contracts actually one was a an Irish dancing show that was in America which <laughs> I did plan to go to but then I gave up after the first day because I didn't want to leave my boyfriend that's a whole nother story anyway uh, yeah um, he didn't want me to go away and I was oh and I made up some excuse that I it wasn't what I wanted to do anyway luckily I then had this job on on Costa um on the Costa Europa which was my first ship and my first contract and then the second contract you came on and that's where we worked together Mm. and so yeah but for me that life that became my life you know and I felt comfortable there I liked that having that sort of community on board I think and the people around me yes of course there was a lot of drama and everything's blown out of proportion you know um but for me it was it was an escape I was getting to do what I love doing getting to perform so many different varieties of shows and styles and everything and I like the social aspect of it as well so yeah
0: I'm gonna I'm going to I'm going to just um allow myself to be very vulnerable with you here too yeah and this is not any this has actually not come up for me with my conversations with you, and it hasn't actually come up for me in general, but it's mm-hmm. just come up now. So I'm going to share it. But when you said, and I'm I'm sorry to hear. I know you've you've opened up a little bit with me and I, and referred subtly to this, but I'm sorry to hear you've had some some childhood things. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have, yeah, to, to various levels. But of course, um, you know, we, we we won't go there right now. In this podcast maybe me and you can have a chat ourselves but uh it's 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 one of those things I think that you brought up about the cruise ship and about the community and the belonging that ca- that does exist on a ship and it is a very safe I think the word is safe. It's a yeah. safe bubble. So you're on there and you know, unlike some jobs, you know that for you know however long your contract is, six months, 12 months, you know that you have that job for all that time. So yeah. that's safe. That ticks a safety box. The other safe thing is that you're fed there yeah. you're fed you you have your little house there they give it to you you have a, it, the structure of it there yeah. is some level of rigidity uh, almost military style yes but that at the same time it's like a cradling isn't it it's like a it's like having parents again that are yes. uh, saying you know you have to you have a curfew you have rules you have and that again can be like a warm hug. Sometimes it's structure, Mm -hmm. it's safe. It ticks another safety box. Um, you're with certain people that, okay, you may not get along with absolutely everybody, but they become your people. They become your community. They become your family really. Yeah. So, and that's a safety too, because you know, day by day, you're going to see the same faces. So again, although that can be frustrating at times, it's also the familiar and the familiar is what again, leads to feelings of safety and of a level of certainty in a sense of course as we know when a contract finishes then you get catapulted into that uncertainty again but if you yeah and that's a whole other (laughs) roller coaster but, and then you get the opposite of all those things. But if you align yourself quite well with the company and you're a hard worker, which you are and always were, you know that you go home, you have your month or your two months at home, and then you've got your other contract to go to, which I'm going to say two things to you. I relate to this immensely for two reasons. One, I myself had and have some traumas from my childhood and some things that I'm healing from and have had to heal from and and some things that went on that I when you used the word escape and you used the word you wanted to get away absolutely that has been my was my journey and has been my journey for a a large part of my adulthood cruise ships felt like two open arms and a nice big warm hug a lot of the time and the second thing I wanted, and it's that safety, it's the safetyness, it's that word safe that for me came on as soon as I walked on that ship. It was like I could let out a nice deep breath and, okay, yes, intense, dramatic, all those things, but hell, that spoke to me too. Yeah. But it was that that level yeah. of knowing and, and a temporary certainty, which is a paradox in itself, but it was that for me. And I think for people like me and you that perhaps had had some things that we were coming from and within us that weren't healed, that was I guess it could have became our drug. I guess we could go there too. It was something that we we felt needed that took the edge off. The other thing I want to say is that I at full time, at full time I remember having a conversation with one of the choreographers uh, in Sydney and I said to him, ironically, because they kept going on about cruise ships, cruise ships, cruise ships, and I said to him, what else can I do that's not cruise ships because nothing about a cruise ship appeals to me. <laughs> right. I don't want to do cruise ships. I didn't
1: want to either.
0: Yeah, there you go. Mm. But I, uh, through a series of events and being in London uh, Danceworks and works um, and a choreographer there landed my first cruise ship, which happened to be the one I did with you. And yeah. I ended up in Silvana Dorba, which, you know, and it all went from there. But It's funny, I never wanted to do that. I always wanted to do musical theatre and when you said to me I never felt good enough, I never put myself forward Mm -hmm. despite, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, but despite my talent and despite my ability, I could have done that. Uh, I may not have been the best at it, but you don't need to be the best at it. You just need to produce something that's skillful enough to then be put on the stage. No one has to be the best at anything. You just have to be damn good yeah. <clears throat> there's always someone better than you let's be
1: honest yeah
0: but I could have done that and it was exactly that inner sense of not being good enough and yeah. being
1: damn yeah. fearful it's, it's it's awful and I, you know the same here I was like so down on about everything at college like I really didn't have the best experience and I if I could do it again oh my god I'd do it so differently um, but unfortunately, you know, that's how it was at the time. I can't change that. But I didn't believe in myself. And even though I managed to get the lead in the third year musical, you know, and I still didn't feel like I was good enough to to, to do all of that. And then, you know, like I said, I didn't we had to go to this audition for cruise ships. and I was moaning. I was like, oh, God, no <laughs> oh, bloody cruise ships, because, you know, back then people thought of them still as and not, there's nothing wrong with show girl work. I love show girl work, show girl work as well. I love the feathers. It's amazing. But the, it was just an idea that it was mainly just walking around in feathers, which of course I wanted to do more than that. I wanted to dance as well. And, you know, so I had this idea in my head that that's all it was. And, um,
0: which it isn't. You Which got there and realised that totally it's bloody isn't. not. It totally isn't. It's Cruise so ships intense. are
1: hard work, You've yes. You've got from, what did we have on on that concert? We had for Irish dancing, tap. Oh, we had country, South African gumboots gumboot dancing. with the bottle tops that were cutting your legs to pieces. And <laughs> <laughs> all sorts and such a variety. And I yeah. you know, I I've, I've, was kind of kicking myself a lot over the years because I mean, I first got on that ship and somebody from the previous cast said to me when they found out I had a boyfriend at home. Oh, yeah, that won't last. And I was like, oh, what does she know? Kind of thing. Okay, incidentally, it didn't. But that's only because it was a really bad (laughs) relationship. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, and another one was like, oh, watch out. You'll get stuck on the ships." I was like, oh, no, I won't. For goodness sake. So my first contract of six months then turned into a year, which then turned into, well, you know the rest (laughs) years later I mean of course I had breaks sometimes quite long breaks in between and I I did other things in some hotel resorts which is also quite a nice way of doing things um but a bit different um anyway my point was I was kicking myself all these years thinking I let myself get and I'm doing the fingers here quotation marks Mm. stuck on ship ships and because yes like you said it was safe and mm. i was like i've just taken the safe option i i'd always thought after my first ship okay i'll move to london i'll audition and try and find something there but i was scared i was scared to go and move to london on my own pay rent in like extortionate prices and have to have um a what do you call it I don't want to say normal, but, you know, a job to support yourself whilst auditioning and, mm-hmm. you know, as, as as we all know, and I've had to do it, of course, in between contracts as well. I've done all sorts of different kinds of jobs, um, non-dance related. Um, but then in the last few years, I thought, well, do you know what? I haven't, I've done what I've enjoyed doing. Yes, it may have been a safe option, but I have been to so many places in the world that I never would have dreamt or even thought about going to i've done god knows how many different types of shows and dances and styles and i've met such an array of wonderful and awful people that you know you learn from the bad as well so it, it's exactly everybody teaches experience. you
0: a lesson everyone yeah. teaches you a lesson and i did i did speak with somebody the other day about cruise ships can't remember who it was but we did comment on the fact that um when you're on a cruise ship as well, they do have a lot of uh, incredible global artists come on yeah. the ship. So not only are you learning, and you would know, not only are you learning from your fellow dancers and, and epic choreographers and the, the the talent that they bring and the creation that they bring, you then get to see and work alongside some really fabulous creative artists in general, some, yeah. you know, one-man acts or, um Different types of artists from everywhere, because obviously cruise ship theaters they do like to give their audiences a stack of different genres and styles of performing sure. arts. Mm-hmm. So you learn, you really absorb and learn from. I think the world's best, and there is definitely a, and I was guilty of it, but there's definitely a, a shunning sometimes of working on cruise ships. There can be. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's everybody, and I don't think it's what everyone says. I but the sting there, is not as bad now as it used to be. No. It used to be, I think, too, but again, surprisingly, because I remember my contract with you on Costa and those shows were fantastic. Like I we used to lie on that stage between know, shows, buddy. dripping in sweat, <laughs> slaughtered, slaughtered, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> slaughtered, and we would do yeah. that. Six days in a week. We would we would yeah. do that two shows a night. They were killers and they were brilliant. And I learnt so, so much yeah. as a performer and dancer working there and then again. So, yes, sometimes I think, oh, I got stuck, stuck. Again, I'm doing the inverted commas now. Yeah. Stuck in the cruise ship thing. But, no, I think you you find yourself a great company as well, or several great companies. You find yourself some beautiful choreographers. You have great experiences. Of course, you want to live that again. And I like you and a bit of a a gypsy. I like to Mm -hmm. explore the world. Travel, the travel bug completely bit me from the moment I stepped out of Australia as some young country bumpkin from Wollongong and I never (laughs) looked back and I'm still trying to travel as much as I can, despite the, obviously the current climate, but it's it is that I mean let's celebrate that as well I know I've, I've possibly spoken of cruise ship dancing in some negative connotation because I do want to go there too just yeah. like with everything in, in life there are things and challenges you have to navigate through and there's mm-hmm. some things I think missing for cruise ship dancers that hopefully this space just in itself if dancers could plug into this space or plug into some of the things we talk about or some of the things I put forward mm-hmm. then that's my job done and that's my intention met yeah. but there's so many things to celebrate about that work as well. Ongoing work is nothing to be shunned. Ongoing work that is potentially safe for some people is huge. I mean, we always go on about the dance industry not having enough safety, not having enough certainty for people. Yeah, This is something that can, for some people, really offer that and that's brilliant. That's what we want to celebrate. I mean, Uh,
1: yeah. yeah, No, I was just going to say, I like, yes, maybe I should have, taken a risk taken a a leap off and gone into the real world (laughs) um and you know tried to do something different but i i don't know you you just never know how long it would take for something to actually come up and i just would prefer to keep performing and traveling than than um busting a, a gut
0: well you know what hindsight's always a a magical thing but at the same time i'm a firm firm believer that everything that has happened was always meant to happen You're exactly where you need to be right now Same. so there is everything is leading to the everything has led Mm -hmm. to the moment you're in now and everything now will project forward so don't ever you know it's it it, it is interesting to kind of think what if i had gone this way or that way but you went the way you were meant to go and Mm -hmm. your life has, has gone the way that it was supposed to go and yeah And you're a beautiful, spectacular dancer and performer and how many people have been able to witness that because you worked on a cruise ship as well because, as you know, we get so many people from all over the world in those audiences and waves, uh, to obviously use a pun because it's on a cruise (laughs) ship, but waves and waves and waves of people have witnessed your art, have witnessed your soul up there on that stage and you are a soul dancer. All the dancers I get in here are soul dancers. You definitely perform. Straight from your heart and all the stuff you are made of. I I
1: couldn't imagine it any other way, and yeah,
0: of course, because that's who you are. That's who you are. That's what your art is. That's what it speaks, Mm -hmm. and that's what I that you know. I if if I'm watching a show, my eyes are immediately drawn to the soul dance. I immediately drawn to that dancer that that is is honest in their art and is bringing it all there. So I don't think I don't think anyone. could disagree with that so you are that person and whether you did that on the west end or you did that on costa or you did that mm-hmm. on Aida or you did that in some gorgeous romantic sexy resort in europe whatever <laughs> wherever you have danced you have touched people and impacted people and you've moved that force within yourself and connect to that joy within yourself and yeah you can you know we can call normal life whatever we want to call normal life i've let that definition go as well because yeah life Life is living back yeah. and you absolutely were living wherever you are and you always have done that. So let that go too. That's just another construction and narrative that mm-hmm. we we use to feed ourselves to, again, just compare and define and categorise and ultimately put ourselves down because yeah. that's what it's doing. So let that go. That's that's just a beer story that, you know, we could go there but we won't. What I do want to ask you is, why, why, why? This is the showgirl paradox, the dancer paradox, mm-hmm. and I really want to. I really want to um, get my sociology head on me and and really get to the crux of this because it's something that's really nagged me personally, but also with you, with my other friends, with dancers. I obviously, um, obviously, I have a, a. I've worked with a lot of younger dancers with another company I have back in Sydney, and yeah. I see this time and time again, and it just it's actually more painful for me to see it manifesting in others than it is to look at myself. But that's because I think it's always easier to help others or observe in others what we can't help and observe in ourselves. This paradox of being, I've always said, and you've just said it too, I can perform to the whole world if I Mm -hmm. do. I will get on that stage and I will own it and I will love it and I will live it and I am the most confident and I can run with it and You know, give me 10 hours of dancing and I will give you 10 hours, everything that I am with absolutely no hesitation or no fear, bring it. But if you ask me to uh, talk about five minutes about why I love myself, I will stutter, I will stammer, I will choke on my words, I will work up a massive sweat. If I have to be confident in any other context or with any other material, a subject issue, I I find myself becoming apologetic. I find myself putting myself down, making jokes. Yep. You, uh, humor is definitely one of the things I use to oh, just that, break that. Yeah, that's the yeah. W-
1: most thing I use, as you yeah, can, I know we do. Tell. We
0: we yeah, we do that together. We do that <laughs> yeah. for each other and with each other. And we've got to stop doing that. But there's nothing wrong with humor. I'm all for humor and, mm-hmm. and laughing is therapy. You know, using humor is actually a coping mechanism and it's a successful one. So it's also a self-care tool. But we've got to be careful. When you go into conversations and the first five minutes of what you're talking about is making jokes about yourself and putting yourself down in some way, mm. that's a massive alarm and it's a red flag. And I've done it my whole life and I know you do it too. Yeah. But why is that? Why, when we're on the stage and we're dancing, I have some theories around it, but I'm interested mm. to know your thoughts. We're confident. We're amazing. We stand in our power. We're empowered. We're conscious. We're aligned. We're in our brilliance and we know it. We take one step side stage and it all just falls off us. It's like, as we take off our costumes, we take that off too. And we're left with this (laughs) semi-broken, I don't know, hurting soul sometimes. Why why can't we see our greatness just in that not that greatness that we're more special than the next person but we're all great we're all miracles of life we all have beauty within us and value and worth why can't we
1: see that yeah it's it's crazy isn't it i mean i think i mean a, a lot of it is to do with i guess playing a role of some sort that isn't you and yeah. um, which is crazy because it's you that that loves doing this so and and giving and you know like, as you've said already from the soul I mean I'd, I've already said to you a while back about how for me dance was like my therapy it, it was my escape it was the way I could express myself and however much I had that feeling as well there were times where it gave me the complete opposite feeling, like I was so scared, so nervous about something or whatever. You know, like before shows or just just being scared by your teacher. You know that you're going to do something wrong or you know you're going to get in trouble about something. And so it was kind of that's always been a bit of a battle. It's been the one thing that I love so much, and I give my everything to, and made me feel alive. But at the same time, it could have these complete opposite feelings. Um, but definitely putting on a costume and a, well, effectively a mask. I guess your, your makeup, your a wig, a hat, a hairpiece, whatever. You you feel that that strength somehow to to be invincible. And I guess it's kind of similar to how um, how drag queens would um, describe the feeling as well, like being able to to feel empowered by dressing up in that way and putting on this kind of person who who you want to be but why yeah exactly why can't we just be that person anyway our true yeah because
0: I think I think um and I love that analogy actually like a drag queen but again every drag queen would say that yes they're putting on painting on a persona Mm. but that persona lies within them it resides within them and then by stepping onto that stage and allowing themselves that you know a fabulous expression it's a part of them that is allowed to to express themselves and to come alive yeah and, and I do think that I've had this conversation as well with other dancers but I definitely agree with the sensation that you're it's that perform performance aspect so there's two it's a duality going on for me here and mm-hmm. this is really what I, what I'm dedicated to teasing out more so and it might just be that it's a duality because nothing in life is black and white there are so many dualities and paradoxes that go on in our in our everyday living lived experience so I would not be surprised if I never get to the root of this and it just remains as it is this contradiction it is this duality and it is these simultaneous embodiments of these things. It is it is a performance. It is putting on, you know, as you paint, you know yourself, you're sitting there backstage and you're sitting in front of the mirror with those gorgeous lights and you're applying, mm-hmm. you know, makeup after makeup after makeup after, you know, foundation, lashes, lips. As soon as you get that all on and you look at yourself in the mirror, you have become the performer, you've become the showgirl, you've become the dancer and you've become that, what you feel is that better higher part of yourself right it's the fun part it's the flirty part it's the confident woman that you are it's the it's the artist it's the perfect you it's that that person you know that you can be and you can be well it's that it's also that sensation of because it's again it's safety isn't it you in a way you kind of feeding yourself this notion that you are performing, therefore it's not technically you. So yeah. you're out there, you're okay. out there doing this, you're playing a part, you're you're acting, you're becoming this, this phenomenon. It's like and you're this,
1: excused for being a little bit over-the-top flamboyant that people don't yes. necessarily understand, but you should yes. be able to be like that normally and not have to make excuses for yourself.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You can bring your raw feeling and emotion and intensity to the stage and you know, when you're doing a lyrical or a contemporary or something with a bit more depth, you can even bring your pain to the stage. Always. I, mean, I don't know how, yeah. always. How many uh, lyrical, part of de contemporary, yeah. darker pieces I've brought my pain to and then just let drop off the stage. And it's, yeah, exactly it's like emotional
1: cool, isn't it?
0: It is. It's oh. a purging of pain and it's brilliant. Like dance is absolutely a facilitator for that. And I think a lot of us. Again, oh, we could go on so many tangents, but I think a lot lot of people are drawn to dance at a young age. For that, I know very well that my my dance studio and when I went to dance and I performed and I danced and it was in my movement that I found that respite and I found that therapy and I found that safe place to let my emotions pour out of me and it was just addictive. I, I I realized that was going to be my thing, but. I feel like a lot of dancers would, if we, if we spoke to more dancers, which is the idea of the dancer circle, we Mm -hmm. might uncover that as well. I'm I'm not saying all dancers, but I would, I suspect a lot of dancers, but it is that performance and it is that, okay, I have permission now to be this, whatever I want to be. I mean, I'm reading a great book called Showgirl as well, which was gifted to me. And it talks about this persona of embodiment of what showgirl is and can be. And it's powerful. It's, it's very, gives us permission to be those things but then at the same time the duality comes in in this way i also believe that when we're on the stage and we're performing and we're doing a choreography and we're aligned so we're in our zone i'm not talking about those off nights that sometimes we have where you feel completely detached from what you're doing you kind of it's almost like you're observing your body moving and you're just not there you still do a great job because you're a professional and you still got to perform but you may not be completely in your power we've all had those nights but and they're unsettling and then you beat yourself up later because you're like oh dance like shit yes (laughs) that was a shit show like what the hell was happening you know and then you berate yourself for for a few days because you were having an off night yeah um uh but when you're in your zone which most of the time you are because that's how we that's how we dance our soul dances but you're in that zone and it's like Yes, there's a million eyes on you, and yes, you're on a stage with other people that you've got chemistry with and you're working with. And but for those brief moments, after moment after moment after moment, because it's a million moments weaved into one show, I feel like you touch, and I go on about this a lot. But you touch your presence, and you touch a a presence that is timeless and that exists beyond you. And it's that whole Eckhart Tolle's power of now Mm -hmm. philosophy that I whenever I read that, I, I go to my dancing. Like, I'm like what he's talking about. I have felt in dance and it's those moments. It's that presence. It's that touching of big magic. It's that it's, I believe that's the zone. It's when you don't even know. And I know you can, I know you're nodding and I know you get it. You, you aren't your, you aren't the choreography anymore. It's, it's ingrained in you going through the movements, but you, you really are accessing this power and this presence and this substance of who you are, which to me is the truest expression of who you are. It's that soul expression, that artistic creative expression. Yeah. And it's touching something that perhaps us dancers can't touch any other way or haven't touched any other way. I think a lot of people spend their whole lives trying to access that feeling even unconsciously. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had brief feelings of that um, when I meditate now, but it's taken me a long time to get that through meditation. I get it far easier through when I'm dancing. Yeah. <clears throat> and and not always, but so again, there's that duality for you. Perhaps when we're on stage, we're in that zone, we are our most truest expression, but at the same time, we're also allowing that we're performing. So we're safe in that performance and expression of something that is not who we are. So there's that attraction of I don't have to be who I am right now. I can be what I think is the better version of me. I can be that over the top, beautiful, poetic, choreographed. So it's like this displacement of responsibility or accountability. It's safe. Yes. you can. You can play. You Definitely. can express mm-hmm. with that knowledge of. Well, it's not me. I was performing.
1: Exactly. I'm not. But is that all?
0: Is that is that all bullshit though? Because I honestly. I feel like I am most me when I'm on the stage at the same time. So I don't know. I really want to unpack that. I'm curious to know about maybe we're telling ourselves some sneaky stories in there to trick ourselves into allowing ourselves to be our true selves or maybe it is just performing or maybe it's a duality.
1: I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm I'm kind of working through a lot of stuff um, at the moment anyway with transitioning now. Um, from that life but also trying to deal with past traumas and you know heal myself generally um and i'm i'm looking at myself and i'm i'm really wanting to make a conscious effort to try and be just be me and you know and not think about what anyone else might think or you know just put myself forward and 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 feel free to be me and not have to worry about anything and and i think that's as a part of it. If I could be who I am when I'm dancing all the time, that would be wonderful.
0: <laughs> and you will, look, you will get there. It's part of healing. Yeah. Like, and I think I think a lot of us, there comes a moment in time when, and I think it's everybody's time is different, but there mm. comes a moment in time where life offers you or you take it enough stillness and enough, enough space yeah. to be able to look inwards. And we have spoken about this, but right now you have literally like many other dancers all over the world and people all over the world, you've been forced to stop and slow down and and you've got the time and the space now to look within. And I've started, you know, I started my healing journey a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I've only really had the courage to kind of share a bit of that right now. Yeah. Uh, but it is a journey and it is it does start with being still. It starts with stillness. It yeah. starts with the commitment to say, okay, now is a time where I need to heal and I need to go inwards. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: all the study I've done and all the readings I've done from people that this is their thing, they all this, re, this reoccurring theme and message comes through and it's that you need to sit with your pain. You need to sit with it. You need to lean into it because until you sit with your pain and you confront it and you allow it to exist within you instead of escaping from it or distracting yourself from it or going, this is another one, going really, really fast so you never have to be still enough to look at it, which I think we're all guilty of. Yeah. You know, the faster you go, then you don't have to sit with it. They all preach this, you need to sit with it just sit with it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to stay there. You move through it. But if you don't sit with it, it's never going to go away. And resisting it is what amplifies it. It's in the resistance that it becomes heavier and harder. So we will definitely have a call very soon together that we won't (laughs) record because I know I can help you. And I know I can, uh, I will absolutely hold space for you and we can work through some of this stuff together. Oh, um of course you're my dear friend and I love you and <laughs> and, and and this is what you know I've I've learned that another part of healing my healing has mm-hmm. been holding that space for other people and and serving it's not because I think I know everything I certainly don't I'm on my own learning and growing journey yeah. but I feel like again it's sim- I've had space held for me and I still have space held for me for from, from some friends and some yeah. circles and you are one of those people and it's just in that that space that somebody sits there and says, you know what, I'm not going to try and fix you because you can't be fixed. There is no fixing to be done. You're not broken. There's no fixing to be done. It is having another human being sit there in that pain with you and walk through it with you. And that is where the power is. And that happens again in the sharing of our stories, which we've done today. So, I also want to ask you, because then we'll wrap it up, and I really do want to revisit some things personally with you away from the podcast, Mm -hmm. away from the ears of other people just because we need to do that together. But also we will definitely have another chat. I really really think you've got some beautiful... some parts of your story that we haven't spoken about in this oh,
1: episode. Sorry, we kind of went we off on will. a tangent.
0: <laughs> oh, babe, I told you, I told you when we started, look, we're going to go off on tangents, but I, I love that because that's what flow is about. And I don't want to, I don't want to script. I've never scripted anything. So yeah. it's all about the flow. And sometimes what, well, not sometimes, always, what comes is what is meant to come. What shows up needs exactly. to be heard and said. And sometimes it's beyond me and you. It needs to be said because it's it's channeling, it's coming out, it needs to be expressed in mm-hmm. this, in this moment for whoever's listening. Yeah. Um, but where you are now you have been forced to be still maybe a blessing in disguise yeah. probably a blessing in disguise I think sure. you're you're seeing seeing it as that now. Mm. You've got some chronic injuries you need to give some self love to. Yeah. And you are at that point where you could carry on dancing because you're fabulous you know you're beautiful <laughs> you've got talent you could totally still do that uh, or you could start asking some questions about where and how and what could possibly be your next move? Yeah. And, and you're in that space now. So I'm not asking you, what are you doing next? I'm not asking you to, I wouldn't do that to you. I know that's not where you're at right now, but what are some challenges that you're feeling day to day right now that just in your head, your worries, your concerns, what are the questions
1: that are coming up for you right now that you're trying to work through? Ooh, um, well, number one, yeah, I guess. What it is I really want to be doing. I mean, I've known for a few years now that I'd been wanting to stop and trying to figure out what I was going to do next, but it was, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, okay, just one more contract, just one more contract. And I loved it. I had fun, but I could definitely feel it becoming more difficult physically. So, yes, this has come at, at, at the right time, um, combined with the pandemic as well. So, I've been forced to, to stop and really kind of look at myself. Um, Of course, I'm worried about where I'm going to be because I've not ever had to be home. (laughs) Again, the fingers are out, home um, for so long. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's a bit scary for me because I'm used to being able to just go away whenever I want, even if that is running away. And being somewhere else, Um, but at the moment, I'm just trying to figure out finding somewhere to live for now, and um, and some kind of work for now, and going from there. I mean, I'd still love to be able to be connected with dance or fitness in some way. I mean, I'm I'm getting into my yoga and Pilates, which I'm loving. Um, I definitely think that's helping me physically, so that's good. Well, and emotionally and mentally.
0: Um, yoga does that yoga does yeah. that and I think then I've written loads of stuff about this yoga specific I think dancers in general finds their peace through movement like we need to move to yeah. access it's just too ingrained in us we've, yeah. we've spent our whole lives uh, experiencing our lives through our movement and our body and our physicality but when you're not dancing um Yoga is is it's not dance, different, and I think what I love about it is it does go inwards as well. Yoga is a very inner personal journey, yeah. But it's still physical, so I think it's it's really beautiful for dancers, especially dancers who are uh, staying still for the moment or trying yeah. to figure things out. Or yeah, so my my body's love-
1: always resisted it. I've never felt comfortable doing mm-hmm. yoga because I'm not naturally very flexible in a lot of areas of my body, and I've always I've just never had the patience for it. And now I'm starting yeah. to be patient with myself and with my body, and accepting where I am now. So that's a really positive thing, and I and I can I really always see the change. I
0: always th- I always think. Sorry to interrupt you, but yes. I always think I always think you can tell where somebody's inner state is if they can sit through a yoga class or not. Because I. Up until maybe five years ago, I could not do yoga either or nice. meditate for the life of me. I could not. Say, oh yes, yeah. it's like banging my head against the walls. So it's funny that you say that, and and yeah. I'm glad I'm glad in your finding. So that there you go. Like if you you are definitely making leaps and bounds in your healing and in your inner journey because if you can now sit through yoga and you're actually finding comfort and ease and. Yeah curiosity within it to sit there on that mat and get through that mm-hmm. that means you are you're already turning in you're already accessing parts of yourself that perhaps aren't up until now you were too um detached from or Definitely. not willing to sit with so yeah. give you you know feel you've got it we've got to celebrate our small wins when we have them as well and that's very very important and i know yeah. you're a perfectionist and i know you're your your biggest critic and i know you won't celebrate your wins so again i'm going to that's what us women need to do for each other. And yeah. shout out the fact that you need to own that as well. You need I'm to start. and go, to, I am. Wow, you know, yeah. and do that. Do that. Do it when we get off this call. I want you to stand there and I want you to say to yourself, "Wow, okay, that's yeah. something I couldn't do before. So I have yeah. progressed. I am getting there." Yeah. You know, you, that that's self love, that self care, and you know what I think is really important to back, And I say this as your friend. Um, you don't need to know right now what it is you're going to do for the rest of your life or in mm-hmm. five years' time. I think right now is such a strange time for everybody and there is an element of trauma. There's a backdrop of trauma for everyone, whether you believe the pandemic is real or you don't yeah. or mask, no mask, like all that drama that's going on right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's still a backdrop of trauma. So be kind to yourself and give yourself that space of a, uh, of not needing to know exactly what it is, just Mm -hmm. day by day, step by step. And again, our outer world really is a reflection of our inner one. So if you're doing the inner work, that is more than enough. You will see that the outer work will, the outer world will start to reflect what's going on inside of you. So taking this time to focus on you and heal yourself is absolutely necessary. And that's work, that that's doing the work. And then of course, you know, the brick and bricks and mortar, the reality <laughs> that that stuff, the the you know the physical consciousness of a place to live and a job, yeah, get some money coming through. You know, they will happen. They will happen, and you will get there because you're a, you're a strong girl and you always land on your feet. So um, that's true. You do, and know that too. Go into mm-hmm. each day knowing that okay, there is fear, absolutely, and I've been there. I've been there badly sometimes and the fear can be all too consuming but again lean into that as well and 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 tell yourself okay i'm gonna land on my feet like i will this will be okay it absolutely will it's it's called faith and trust in the universe and and or whatever your belief system is and Mm -hmm. and belief in yourself as well to know that to know that you're going to get there but i think all dancers everywhere when they finish up their careers in one way or another or even transition periods that always comes up, those massive question marks. And they're hard yeah. and they're heavy. So I love the fact that you've gone to yoga um, and movement and Pilates and even reaching out. Uh, reaching out was never your thing I either. I was, was it.
1: just thinking to say to you, I mm-hmm. was just waiting for a moment where I could... Um, <laughs> sorry I talk a lot no, fine. <laughs> I do too um anyway it's your show babe
0: <laughs> no yeah but it's supposed to be your story so I'm just gonna masking tape up my gonna move away from my phallic microphone I'm gonna let you
1: you speak yes tell me um I was just going to say that exactly and um, first of all that I want to thank you because it has been hard for me and I'm sure so many people in all walks of lives um to be able to really open up and, and talk about things that are so personal, or so deep or, you know, to, what did you say? To be vulnerable. And mm. I've always just tried to deal with everything on my own because nobody wants to know about my problems. Nobody cares about my problem. Nobody can really understand. And, yeah, of course, there are people that won't understand or won't um, necessarily want to give you the time of day but then you don't need to be around those people or have those people in your lives um but I am so grateful to have people like you and like I am lucky to have you know a, a, a few people um maybe even more unfortunately I don't get to see them because they're dotted all over the world um but thanks to this technology of course we're able to contact but I I guess I don't I don't always reach out as much because you don't you don't want to bother people, you know, or it's just—it's. Ah, I do know
0: what you mean. I do know what you mean, but can I say, in my experience, because I come, I've always dealt with things on my own. I've always dealt with things on my own, and I have always just soldiered on, and that has been part of my coping mechanism, part of my upbringing, part of—it's a cultural thing, it's a narrative thing. I've always done that as well. Um, but what I have m- seen to be true in the last few years of my. Deeper the spiritual journey and reaching out and connecting and there was a time in my life where I all but became a bear in hibernation I really yeah. just like isolated myself off completely and I can tell you now it was the worst suffering I've ever had my yeah. suffering amplified a million times over and it was the thing that I thought that I well I didn't even think I wasn't really thinking I was just protecting what I thought was protecting myself and and isolating and I didn't have this the bandwidth or the energy mm-hmm. or the strength to connect but I forced myself to connect I actually forced myself to connect through an online business, believe it or not, and and that then, which I'm eternally grateful for, that became the catalyst for me to authentically reach out to people and, yes, to serve others and to care for others, but at the same time, it gave me permission to then give myself that that, um, avenue and that action because it's a doing word. It's an action. You can't just think about it. You need to actually do it but what i have found in my experience because i'm the same thing and i relate to that about i don't want to be a burden for anyone no one actually yeah. gives a shit about my problems why would i want to talk about it and and it's a really uncomfortable queasy kind of vulnerable thing to do but yeah. what i have found in my experience is as soon as you reach out to other people and you allow yourself to open up and be a little bit vulnerable they more than more, more yes than no respond with the same level of vulnerability and openness and you'll be surprised who you think is killing and slaying life and got it all together. They're dealing with their own shit as well and they are eternally grateful for a relationship and a connection and a space where they don't have to be that perfect image either. They can sit sit in their pain with you sitting in yours and we're all in this together and it's real and it's a relief and it's like, oh, it's just liberation. And it is often the start of somebody's then ever expanding and ever moving and evolving spiritual journey, which is yeah. where we find our healing. It's where we find our humanness. And again, that's dancers, non-dancers, it's people. So yeah. um please know that I'm always here for you and, mm-hmm. and reach out to those friends, you know, it's, we are before we are anything else we're human beings and human beings have always needed other human beings we need connection we need belonging we need to be seen and witnessed and heard and felt and that is that is one of the it's it's as important and necessary as oxygen important and necessary as food and water Mm -hmm. we need to to touch each other and be touched and i obviously mean that metaphorically but also physically (laughs) been a while It's been a while. Um, Do you know what? It, It was only, it had to finish on that note. It had to because we started on a penis talk. We have to finish with the touching talk. But um Yeah. And look, I've loved our conversation. I don't even know what we've spoken about because I just (laughs) released whatever came, Uh, but we've got so much more to talk about. We're definitely going to chat again soon. I'm going to reach out to you in the next few days and we're going to have our own personal chat and I'll show you my microphone again.
1: I'll show you mine if you
0: show me yours. I know you can't (laughs) wait. And I just want to say back again, I really want to shout and celebrate the the that hashtag went round yesterday about women empowering women and oh, yeah. um, celebrating women and, and all this kind of thing. I, I haven't really seen it um, in the UK so I might just send that out to you and you can do that Uh I've seen it circulate a lot in Australia and America and it undoubtedly will be in the UK if it's not already yeah I've seen Um, a few people paste yeah so in the spirit of that I'm going to sit here and say to whoever's listening for what it matters and what it's worth but you are an exceptional exceptional performer you are gorgeous I absolutely adored and felt honored to share the stage with you your energy your lines your soul your face your everything you're just absolutely brilliant so so I know dance isn't isn't the whole of everything. I, I wish and what I desire for you is that you take some of that and you do apply it to your everyday. You wake up in yeah. the morning and you feel the beautiful, human, fabulous person that you are, because you are. And healing is you, there my feelings. darling. Oh, thank you, my love. I'm still working on that too, because again, like I always say, it's a journey and I don't yes. know if I'll ever get there, but I'm certainly going to spend my days trying because that's what we're here to do. I want to heal. I want to be. Well, you, you know,
1: certainly inspire me on a daily oh, thank basis. you, Allah.
0: Thank you. And and hearing those messages back for you from you and people like you make me feel like I must be doing something right, especially with this oh, space. So, you most certainly are. Oh, that. love. Now we're getting all emotional. Getting emotional. You're amazing. Um, and the last thing I want to say is I have this image that projects for me. We're sitting in crew bar. You're having your usual cappuccino and KitKat, which was your pre-show
1: meal. I was going to say, did I have Baileys in the cappuccino? But if it was pre-show, no. <laughs>
0: pre-show, pre-show. Baileys came after. But that's a whole other thing we can talk about is nourishment for dancers. And oh, I know you, you've been naughty like I have, so we're going to talk about that next time. But I have this image of you and it's with our dear friend Hailey as well. Shout out to Hayley Woolley. We love you dearly also, my love. Yes. Another soul, soul dancer and soul singer. <laughs> and it's the pair of you. And undoubtedly I was doing the same thing, only that I was behind the camera and I'm talking old school, did like old, no, no, this digital crap. Old school oh. film camera back in the day, and you've got a Kit Kat wrapper on your head, and so has Haley, oh, and gosh. and we're just we look wild and free and fun and playful and Aww. crazy. And I just think, you know what? Yes, like that's it. Just it just fills my heart. And and I've got I'm going to shoot that shoot that photo over to you so you can yep, reminisce. May we forever be wild and crazy and yeah. free and and together. On this journey
1: together. My my diet is slightly better now, though, I must say.
0: I'm glad to hear because that's (laughs) another conversation we're gonna have, and I'm gonna gonna lecture you on that one. No, I do. All right, my love. All right. Good. Uh it's all part of healing too. So we're gonna catch up again. Uh, we're gonna wrap this episode up and undoubtedly we'll have you on again. Thank you so so much for being here and being real.
1: Thank you. We've got
0: we've got more to share, we've got more work to do with each other, but I love you immensely. Please get off this call and love all over yourself today and take a deep breath and it's day by day my friend day by day oh thank you so much thanks for having love me love you sweetheart I love you
1: too